This is a fertile land and we will thrive. We will rule over all this land and we will call it this land. I think we should call it your grave. Ah, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Ah, ah, ah. I is evil lad. Now die. Ah, oh, no God. Ah, oh, dear God in heaven. Okay, we are recording now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast, where each week we attempt to pair the finest in comic books with the finest of cocktails, yeah? What the uh, fuck is this? I, I don't know. I, I, this is caffeine, what this is. So, no, no, it's alcohol. I have to go to work later, so this is caffeine. That's what you get right there. Yeah, we record and we don't like bagels. No, we do not like bagels. Nine! Nine, we do not like the bagels. Um, yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I married a jewel, or she's half jewel, so it's half okay. Um, so, so we're just half going to hell, got it, okay. Uh, no, I'm fully going to hell, but that's for different reasons. Um, I don't know where I was talking about. Uh, yeah, so this is the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Yeah, Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Um, I swear I'm not drunk, sadly. Um, yeah, so uh, if you, uh, you know... Wanna? I don't know. Fuck it. I'll I'll give you all that stuff at the end. Uh, so uh, this week we got uh, we're talking about the Judas contract. We're super prepared right now. Uh, so we're doing the Judas contract. It's a Teen Titans book. Um, but we have a lovely panel of lovely individuals back from the fourth dimension where he was kidnapped by robot overlords. We have Todd. Hi there. I'm back from the fourth dimension as well as Texas. I'm not sure <laughs> farther. Which, that <laughs> cocktail napkin was the most amazing thing ever. And if you want to see that cocktail napkin, check our Instagram. Uh, it's because I put it on there. It's awesome. That's hilarious. So, yeah, I did the lovely job of driving 2,000 miles for a four hour wedding event. And that was something else. So, back from there. And hi, I'm Todd. Live in Utah. Visit Texas. But I come back. Uh, yeah, hi. Next. Uh, <laughs> next. <laughs> next. Wow. Uh, next, we have uh, Q, the customer extraordinaire who uh, is uh, all about that base, about that base, but no trouble. Uh, Q. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly. I am all about that base. Um, so hi, I'm Quentin. Q. Oh shit! I uh, do I even say oh, my real name on here? I don't know. Whatever. You can do whatever the hell you want, man. It is. It is true. Whatever. So yeah. Um. There's just tons of shit going on right now. One of my staff members tried to have her baby today, and I'm like, no. You told me the end of September. You hold that baby in. Um, she's not allowed to. But yeah, so so many it's things just a happening. Burden, right? That's, that's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. just you know, just tell that baby to stay inside your uterus. Like I don't. Yeah, stay inside the uterus. Yeah, I mean, the uterus. It's comfy. I mean, stay in there. You have a room with a view. I mean, I support women's rights, and it's her right to choose when to have that baby. Oh, we were just, just, like, just keep that baby in there. See, this is one reason why I'm so glad I'm gay and never will have, be having kids, because the idea of a wet St. Bernard going through a cat door just disgusts me. <laughs> <laughs> right. You used to love and want to use all the time, and now you'll never go near it again. So that's all. <laughs> I like Arby's, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> Arby's and cat door aficionado, we have Adam. <laughs> Hey, yay! <laughs> yay me! Hey, uh, this, I believe this comes out the week of Comic-Con, so if you uh, are... Yeah, Comic-Con will be yeah. at the end of this week, so If yes. you are in Salt Lake City, uh, first of all, you should be going to Comic-Con, because it's absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, I, moving up next episode, when we talk about Star Wars, but just as a reminder, everyone who's going to Comic-Con and wants to uh, can get into the Mark Hamill panel. They moved it to the Vivint Arena, where the Jazz play holds over 20,000 people, uh, so if you are going, you can get to see Mark Hamill, and we yep. talk about some fun stuff. But yeah, I'll be there doing panels all three days, and like I said before, if you see me, hit me up at the Monaco at 5 p.m., and I'll share my room key with you so you can get free wine, booze, and snacks. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yes, and I am uh, Brian. I am currently in Southern California, but this weekend, well, the weekend that you're hearing this, uh, I will also be in Salt Lake City for Comic-Con, uh, and uh, we'll be wondering, I'm not doing anything important, I'm just going to be like a guest and hang out and do stuff and make fun of Adam for being busy and running around like a chicken with his head cut off. I had no idea. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, 
Um, and I got nothing interesting to talk about right now. But uh, we do have an interesting comic book to talk about right now. We're kicking it old school with some old school new Teen Titans. That's a little bit of uh, weird backwards uh, sort of thing. And uh, this was a choice of Q's. So Q, would you like to give a brief summary before we do our shots dance? So um, this, I mean, this book is so classic that I honestly don't think that there's anyone who doesn't know this book. But I have I'm no gonna... idea about this book before. Oh my though. God, you're awful. You're terrible. <laughs> um, I know. I know. But no. So. Um, it is sort of uh, so the Teen Titans get this new member. Her name is Tara. She can move um, the earth and ground, and, and you find that out in in that book. And this is sort of the fruition of the year plan of uh, Deathstroke and Tara trying to end the Teen Titans. Fantastico. Uh, anybody else have anything they want to add to that? Yeah, I'll no, know. I that sums up pretty good. I mean, there's yeah. there's more to talk about when we dive in, of course. But yes, of course. Okay, so now, so now is the time on Sprocket in which we dance. So you have a dance, <laughs> and uh, if you want to read the book because you have not read it before, or you want to read it again, and you want to read it before you talk to us about it, then you can pause the podcast here, and we will wait for you, yeah. It will be very good. And then, when you are done, you press play again, and then we are back, and that's how it works. It goes just so great. That is modern technology at its finest. <laughs> We're we're professionals. What is this? I don't know. I really don't know. What is this? (laughs) Although I have to say, under seven minutes and we're already to... I know, right? We actually made it. It's fantastic. So, uh, for those of you who cannot understand my shitty Swedish German... Whatever accent. Uh, <laughs> I think that's why we don't record. I, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna uh, give you a little chance to pause, take a breather, because you know, after seven minutes of this nonsense, you may need a drink. Heaven knows we probably do. Uh, I know. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, so yeah. So pause, um, and we will be back and join you. Oh, Todd, it was seven minutes of heaven, and you loved it, and you know it. So, this completes our seven minutes of heaven, and we'll see you on the flip side, lovers. Welcome to an interview. <laughs> what is going on? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Mission. <laughs> and she's just like, I don't know what's going on right now. I'm just trying to be the most Morgan that I can be. And that's, that is how I feel right now. She was just trying to be the most Morgan <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to just hope for the best. Uh, yeah. Apparently, I'm in a very strange mood, and this is what happens when I don't the show. So, uh, we're ready to jump back in on this. Sure. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> welcome to chaos, kids. <laughs> See, this is why we should always be somewhat, we'll say, socially lubricated. <laughs> we yes. should be. Unfortunately, yes. I haven't been working a little while, and so... I, uh, I know, we're doing this so early in the day. Yeah, right now. Morgan, so. <laughs> yeah, and they drug test me at my job, so I, you know... Uh. Although I'm not doing anything useful. Okay, so I, this is sort of a weird, funny side note. So... I was having drinks with a friend of mine at work, and we were talking about a, a fellow person who got fired from work. And what had happened is they'd gone in to do uh, play one role, and then were moved to a different role in a different location. And because they moved to a different role, he couldn't. He was no longer working by himself. He was now working with a group. I'm trying to be as vague as possible to not get anybody in trouble. But so he had been drinking, so he was at work drunk because he thought he was going to be working by himself. And so of course, like. <laughs> I, I understand, oh, it's a crying shame, this guy lost his job, whatever, but like, he's sitting there going, well, if he hadn't have gotten moved, he would have gotten fired. Well, really? He should have been fucking drinking and going into work, like, especially knowing that, like, it's kind of hard to get fired from where I work at, like, really, once you get hired, you just have to fucking show up, like, really, like, just show up consistently and don't be a pain in the ass, and you can keep your job. And uh, he's like, well, he got fired because, you know, if he didn't get moved, he wouldn't have got fired. No, if he fucker wouldn't have been drinking and going into work, he wouldn't have got fired. Anyway. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, there's my two cents on that. Anyway, I am gl- I'm glad that you prefaced that story with you were having a drink from with a friend from work. Yes. and I was like, uh, but but I, I I thought you meant with, with a friend at work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but wait, no, I'm not management. I can't do that. Yet. Actually, no, you know who was it? Was uh, Drew? He was Jess's uh, groomsman or bridesman. Drew, oh, the bridesman. Yeah, the bridesman. Uh, Oh, so the, the bridesman that you were having drinks with or the one that who got fired? The one I was having drinks with. 
Okay. Yes. Okay. He's the one that picked out our outfits yes. that we all felt so happy in. That's true. Yeah. Um, P.S. I felt amazing in that outfit. You looked um, amazing in that outfit. Just however, you were awesome. However, he is also the one who I totally called out for not actually having a mushroom allergy, but he said that he did because, like, well, I just don't like eating them. And I was like, well, then just say that you don't want mushrooms. Like, but if you tell them that you have an allergy, then they then they definitely can't put any in there. And I was like, I was like, whatever, Queen. Where's the champagne? Just, like web comic that uh, my opponent because he hates mushrooms. And this guy's like, oh my god, no, don't get mushrooms of the pizza, they're gross. And this woman's like, well, why don't you just pick them off? He's like, well, I would, but the taste lingers. I agree with that <laughs> shit, actually. I completely agree That's with how that. I feel about cantaloupe. When, like, when people serve like fruit fruit salad or fruit cocktail and there's cantaloupe in them, I'm like, I now can't eat this. Why not? You just eat around the cantaloupe. Because as soon as cantaloupe touches something, it tastes like cantaloupe. Everything is tastes just, like cantaloupe. Cantaloupe is like the tofu fruit salad. Like They just put it in everything and it just kind of... It's like so yeah. gross. It makes it taste like cantaloupe. Does cantaloupe make anyone else's throat hurt when they eat it? For me, it's bananas. There's different things that make uh, your throat hurt. I mean, because I had a lot of shit down there. Yeah. That's weird. The cantaloupe would be the one that would hurt it. No, just put some salt on and gargle. For, for me, for me, it's toothpaste. Like I don't have a gag reflex, but it's in this toothpaste. It's the back of my throat. I'm literally throwing up for ten minutes. Yeah, I do have to say this is the most important question I'm going to ask on this podcast because I'm trying to change the uh, topic just a little bit. Uh-huh. We've discussed that a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> have we? We're twenty. We're twenty one. We're twenty in. I don't know. No, what we're talking about anymore. Ten minutes in. No, twenty episodes in. Yeah, uh, we, we'll do a little thing. See episode one nine three. Well, I like that we were productive um, for the first seven minutes of this podcast and then have gone nowhere in the last five. Completely off the road. That's fine. But I do, I do need to get some backing on this. What is everybody's opinion on pineapple on pizza? I love it. Awesome. Really? I am so against it. That is just love it. That is Eddie's favorite uh, pizza. Well, and Jess loves it, but that's, I mean, so she always orders it when I'm at work. And then, and the funny thing is she uses my account, so all of a sudden I'll get an email saying, your pizza hut order will be here. And so I'm like, oh, Jess got pizza. Okay, fantastic. I'm at work and she's eating pizza. Well, it's really interesting. Oh, my favorite yeah. is... Yeah, sorry. Barbecue sauce, pulled pork, and pineapple on it, and then just cover it in pop pepper flakes. It's amazing. Um, they make one of those at the bar that I go to. It's a flatbread pizza, and they call it the Hawaiian. But it's yeah, it's like pulled pork and barbecue sauce mm-hmm. and pineapple. Yeah, I, just, I, I mean, I just love a classic Hawaiian with Canadian bacon and, and pineapple. I just I just think pineapple on pizza is wrong. But that's I guess I'm I guess I'm in the minority. So okay. Well, for my money, the best pizza in Utah is Este. Uh, they've got two places, one in downtown, one in Sugar House, and they're absolutely fantastic. But the original owner, when he sold them, in the contract, there's a writer that says they can never put pineapple on their pizza except for one day a year. What day do you think that is? Um, 24th of July. Oh, April Fool's Day. Oh, really? That's the only day they can do pineapple <laughs> on their pizza, and they have lines out the door. But that's funny. They, yeah, they, that, that's the only ingredient. I mean, they've got like all kinds of crazy shit you can put on there, but that's not it. Tom, what was that pizza place by Rogers down on the end? It was like somewhat a Z. Zaponis. Zaponis. So Zaponis, when I was like a younger kid, they mm-hmm. only delivered as far as Farmington Junior High School, for those of you who know Davis County area. So it would be really funny, like on a Friday night, you'd see a bunch of cars in the Farmington Junior High School parking lot because they'd ordered Zaponis and then driven to the uh, to the uh, Junior High School to sit and wait for their pizza to be delivered to them because they, they wouldn't yeah. deliver any further. And I mean, that was back when, before there was a lot of pizza in and Farmington was as uh, suburbanized as it is now. Anyway. Back in the day. Uh, back, in my <laughs> back in my day, there actually were farms in Farmington. That's how long ago it was that I lived there. Uh, for those of you in Davis County, you know what that means. Um, so, Q, since uh, you read the preface to this, is there a brief introduction to the character of Terror or what we need to know going into this beforehand? So- so Tara was originally so when she's first introduced um, she is she's attacking like the Statue of Liberty and so they, they uh, Beast Boy goes in well Changeling goes in to investigate and she she's kind of a, a bitch and you know whatever but he's like oh she's cute well, let's totally hang out and she's like um no get away from me and um which is so weird because that's what she act on like the entire time yeah. but he's always like but Tara I'm in love with you and she's like why <laughs> 
So, so anyway, um, the story that she gives the Teen Titans is that um, she's been kidnapped by terrorists and they're holding her parents hostage and um, that the terrorists are forcing her to do the things that uh, she was doing when she, the things she like robbed a bank and all this stuff. And so eventually like they believe her and she joins the Titans, but she's, oh, there's always something off about her story and like Raven senses that there's some kind of like evil about her and there's just always like suspicion about her and um yeah that's that i mean that's kind of it like the the whole previous story to this is actually pretty cool too there's lots of there's more brother blood kind of stuff it's actually like the the lead into all of this brother brother blood nonsense that um happens in this story and um yeah, I mean that—that's kind of it. But that, towards the end of that story, you find out that she has been uh, a plant of uh, Deathstroke the Terminator from the very beginning. She was never um, like the the terrorists work for for Deathstroke. Um, she may or may not have actually played a hand in killing her parents. Um, you do. You also do find out that she has a brother um, who is named as Geoforce, and he is on another superhero team called the Outsiders. Um, and for those of you who've seen Suicide Squad, Katana is actually an outsider, not on the Suicide Squad. That's beside <laughs> the point. So um, is that movie. Uh, <laughs> well, that's true. Um, so, I mean, that, that that's kind of the basic introduction. But also, like, leading up to this, um, Kid Flash, uh, he is totally, like, not feeling being a superhero anymore. Like, he's very... Um, uh, he, he's very torn about whether or not he just wants to be a full-time kid. There seems to be something about his powers going wonky that he, he's not too sure about, so he doesn't really want to put himself in danger. Um, Robin has a lot of stuff going on. Batman has just brought in Jason Todd as his new ward, so like... Um, so Robin slash Dick Grayson is just feeling all it ends, and just lots of strife happening um, interpersonally with all of the Titans and uh, in in a previous battle um, to this story uh, Raven's powers go haywire and she almost kills Kid Flash so that's another reason that he gets all super pissed off and um, Speedy uh, comes back for a hot minute and he's like you guys are fucking idiots like I'm done with you guys and well not really he doesn't really say that but Speedy's always been kind of a dick anyway. Um, and um, Donna Troy is getting kind of um, distracted because she has this man in her life that she wants to get married to. And Starfire's feeling really left out because, like, Dick is ignoring her. So there's just lots of inner turmoil in the team. And so this is kind of like the perfect opportunity for Deathstroke and Tara to come in and, like, really break it up. Okay. That was like an eight-minute dissertation on the Not team. Not even long, <laughs> So anyway, so that is okay. the back going into this. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we start out. I read this a little while ago, so I have to refresh myself on this. So we start out with this book. Um, with uh, so you know, I guess clearing that up for me. So you know, before going into this book, that Terra is a plant. Yeah. Well, I mean, if 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 uh, well and. Also, by like page nine, yeah. you also know that that, that she's. So, if, if mm-hmm. you go into this book cold, you find out very soon yeah. that 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 she is that she is spying on the Teen Titans. But okay. yes, um, it, it was already revealed in the in issues previous that she's working f- with uh, the Terminator. Well, gotcha. like you said, you find out. I mean, by the end of the first issue, you know, it's it's not like a big surprise. But I will say one one thing that's kind of interesting for me going in because. Yeah, I'm more of a Marvel than a DC. I, I know my Batman and my Superman. Uh, but the only character I had any kind of knowledge of really going in was uh, Dick Grayson. So I, I was completely lost for the first issue, but I will say that by the time that wraps up and you kind of get the idea of what's going on, um, it, it had me hooked. So I was very happy. So also a little more backstory on on this book. If like mm-hmm. you, if you read, well, I mean I don't know what collections everybody has, but there's a couple of intros by different people. So also um, when New Teen Titans or when when New Teen Titans and um, X Men were both becoming very popular at the same time. So like this would have been the early '80s. So it would have been around the same time of Dark Phoenix Saga, saga and Kitty Pride being introduced. And um, so because the books were being so closely um, I guess uh, compared 
uh, Marv Wolf Wolfman decided, oh, well, then I'm also going to introduce a cutesy teen character, but I'm we're, we're going to set her up from the beginning to be a bad guy. And, you know, fl you know flip, flip the script and, like, really, you know, play with people's emotions and stuff. And, um, and even though she was set up from the beginning, people to this day still argue that, well, it was some kind of mind control and she, uh, you know, she wouldn't have done it if, if, if Deathstroke hadn't have played with her brain. And it's like, no, she was just a sociopath. Mm -hmm. Um... But uh, but also um, he uh, Marv Wolfman wanted to distance the Teen Titans away from the Justice League as well, which is why Robin um, Robin was um, no longer a uh, he, he by the end of this book he becomes Nightwing and why Kid Flash left and why there's no no longer a Speedy Wonder Girl seems to be the only one that sort of kept. Her, her connection, but she was never really a sidekick to Wonder Woman. She was just, like, Wonder Woman's sister who, yay, Wonder Woman, but, like, they never, like, did the whole adventures together kind of a thing, and she was never a regular appearing character in a Wonder Woman book. She, she was kind of created for the Teen Titans versus being a character that then they put on Teen Titans. Um, so they wanted to have more... Um, more original characters so that so this and this story arc really establishes them as sort of their own team without as much a justice league connection okay i will say nightwing's costume is 80s amazing oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I it really is i love it <laughs> Is you can call me Nightwing, but then my favorite part is the little trademark right after it, and and then right next to it, it's like, well, this is Jericho registered. And it's like, oh, he doesn't get the trademark; he just gets a register. Well, the thing also around this time, so I was actually surprised that they um, I forgot that they introduced um, Jericho as a mutant in this book yeah. because that and the and the word superhero at the I think it was around this time were heavily debated as to who owned the rights to those words. Uh -huh. And so that so that's probably why they're like, well, well, shit. Now you can't stake. And also, I think like the whole Captain Marvel Shazam thing uh -huh. might have been happening around this time. So it was like, I'm trademarking our people's names. Like as soon as they come uh, out, gotcha. so that way Marvel can't try to steal those words. So I think pretty soon after this, mutant became a Marvel word, and they only used metahuman. Um, after that in DC comic books. Oh, gotcha. Like, the, like the, the, the highly contested words. I mean, these two, you know, giants mm -hmm. of comic books, they definitely were kind of cutthroat when it came to where it is that they were getting their money from. Well, all I know yeah. is if I, if I had a suit, like Nightwings, I would just walk around with a Walkman just blaring Danger Zone Mark Rowan. <laughs> Danger Zone! Well, and it's never shown in this, but he also, um, for a time, had actual wings that would connect like from his wrist to in, in his armpits as well so he could like glide when he jumped off buildings and stuff mm -hmm. it yeah, just this keeps is, getting better I love I it I know I know the, the, <laughs> the 80s had awesome I'll, fashion I'll like how quickly he recovered from his sprained ankle I mean duh <laughs> first of all he's like fucking Dick Grayson so that should be a song I'm fucking Dick Grayson <laughs> <laughs> I like it but uh for Ryan's in my mind with the same place the exact same <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> um, Make it I so, internet. So I will say, like, uh, I think I had the most fun with issue two, where mm -hmm. Destro comes in to try to get Dick Grayson, and he's trying to go through and, you know, like, oh crap, was I the first one he went after or the last one? And we ended up learning that he was the last one that Destro tried to get or captured. And it was so cool, like, just the different ways that he, like, got them all. Like, I especially loved. Uh, What's the dude who turns into Manuel's Beast Boy? Yeah, yeah. well, Be Beast Boy at this point he was known as Change. Okay. Change. I, I can't remember which yeah. one he owned, but I just love that the, the way he captured him was by getting him to lick envelopes to send autographed pictures to his fan girls. It's like the uh, episode of Seinfeld where the uh, the the white or the fiance dies from being allergic to the glue and licks yeah, them it was just it was well now we know where Seinfeld got it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was just so. I swear to God, this phone never rings except for when I'm in here. It's good Grayson being like, don't make fun of me, man. So also, to, to, to oh my God, shut up. Well, no, it's my dad's office line, so I probably shouldn't. Um, 
So when when does your <laughs> when does your guys' collection start? Because you said issue two, and that's actually like issue five. Because my... I I'm I'm with Adam on this. I got kind of confused in this because I bought the book, but I was afraid it wasn't going to be here in time to mm-hmm. um to actually read. So I read it on Comicsology. Yeah. I only read the Judas Contract part of it. So oh, okay. So there is like yeah, there's about and so that starts about four episodes in. But so I was looking at the trade that I have because I haven't really cracked it before, and I'm like, uh-huh. this is not looking familiar at all. And I realized, <laughs> you know, you jump to yeah, page four not- or chapter four, I'm like, oh, that's where I started reading. So Adam and I are probably in the same spot where we read the second half of the book. Well, and 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 that's fine because that's really the Judas contract part. I think this mm-hmm. beginning section that I have in in the trade is just sort of oh, there's these other issues. We'll just tack it on the beginning since we ended the other one where where we ended it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so like the first little part that I have, it really is just sort of this um, them fighting with Brother Blood, yada yada yada. Tara more spying on them, blah blah blah. There's really not. Anything major that happens in this yeah, book? Interesting because, oh, in this part. Because, oh, oh no, I, I, I take it back. There actually is something major. Pardon, pardon me. There is something major that happens at the beginning of this trade. If you guys don't have it, is the fact that that the first issue that my trade has is Kid Flash quitting and um, Dick Grayson giving up the Robin mantle. So that was actually two very significant things that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and they mentioned in issue one of what we're so, considering the, so, the Judas contract. Yeah. So, so, like, the actual Judas contract, yeah. Uh, so he's just going by Dick Grayson because he hasn't figured out what kind of superhero name that he, he wants to have or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was huge for, you know, the the comic, I guess. Um, I also do love that the first panel, and this I'm hoping that it's the same one, of the Judas Contract is Starfire in a Skippy costume. Because she's where she's modeling for, oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. Donna's photography. Yeah. So, Star, Starfire is such an interesting character because she's supposed to be played as like such this innocent, naive um, character, but also mm-hmm. like the most bombshell of bombshells, and like her alien race doesn't really have what we would consider modesty. They're just like, whatever, I look good, so uh-huh. I'm just gonna wear, you and know, whatever I want. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I mean, as as one should. Um, anyway, so that's why I was confused. We're like an issue two when he goes to capture Robin. Yeah, so, so the ones, um, the ones I picked up because I, I just was worried about the trade not getting here as well. Uh, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tales of the Teen Titans, 42, 43, 44, yeah. and then the uh, annual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I read as well. But then I got the, I got the trade here, but then I, I didn't look to see if there's anything yeah. more. So. But I do. I but failed I you, dear readers. I failed you. That's I do kind of like the, <laughs> going in, reading the individual comics was kind of fun because, like I said, I didn't know anything about, you know, the characters really because I'm not, that was, I was never really into Teen Titans. But it was really fun not knowing who was going to betray them. In the, that issue, and then finding out at the very end. Whereas if I had gone through the whole trade, you kind of already know what's going on. But that was just me. Well, I also had no frame of reference to any of the characters anyway. I'm like, who that bitch? Who that bitch? Who that bitch? <laughs> um, I actually did have that happen. So reading all of the the Teen Titans things before this, there's a, a character named Frances Kane who um, who appears, and I was just like, okay, I know that she's somebody, but who is she? And it turns out she is a, a Flash villain. Her she's I you, when you look at her name, you think that it's. Magneta, like Magneto, but it's actually Magenta, which I think is even stupider. Um, but she ha- she has magnetic powers, and she wears a lot of fuchsia. So I guess they decided. Wow, that. Oh, jeez! Yeah. I wonder where they got that idea from. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but but anyway, she was she was another um, metahuman like Kid Flash, but she didn't she never wanted her power. So then she convinces Kid Flash to quit, and they have a relationship. And then like every um, good character who has mag- mag- magnetic powers um, goes crazy. So. Does she get tried by uh, the Geneva Convention? And uh... no, she. <laughs> um, but she does join a cult, so there's that. Wow, that's awesome. You get, every, every story needs yeah. a good cult, like a superhero in a cult story. Actually, I, I mean, first of all, did you see Brother Blood or, or the Hive? Like they're, the Hive is they're, kind of culty, yeah. Yeah. So so many cults. Apparently, the early '80s was the time of cults. 
Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, because that was is that when was David Koresh? That was nineties. That was nineties, and then there was the yeah. then there was the the Hale Bob the cool comic. Well, that that was Jim Jones. That was the seventies. That was the seventies. Yeah. Nineties. Yeah. Yeah, nineties um, were big with cults, and well, nineties were just a fucked up decade to begin with. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think dogs uh, living together, mass hysteria. It's true. This man has no dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think cults are easy for, it's an easy trope for anyone to use because you don't really need to have much reasoning behind them, and that's the whole point of a cult, is to get people to follow people along. blindly follow, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at like, all the Illuminati bullshit out there, like, that's, hell, the game, I just picked up the new Deus Ex Mankind Divided, and the Illuminati's the bad guy in that game, so, or so far at least. But, it's, it's easy to yeah. pin things on them because there's no rhyme or reason, and honestly, you'll just accept the fact that you've got a bunch of wackos who are all believing in one thing because they're dumb. My favorite comment on a cult was uh, King of the Hill TV show. So they've got them driving up to this place with like a fence and you've got Hank going, hey, is this the place where the cult's at? And the woman on the other side is like, well, actually, we're an organization that promotes herself and then he just interrupts her. Yeah, this is it. Well, we're on the topic of King of the Hill really fast. Like, I liked King of the Hill, and then I went and visited my father-in-law in Texas, and now I understand King of the Hill. Oh, it's all real. There's nothing made up about King of the Hill. It's all real. Yeah, so it's awesome. if, if you ever want to uh, fully understand that show, spend a week in Texas, and it, it just it opens up. The, the episodes became 10 million times better because I now <laughs> understand and appreciate everything about them. And Boomhauer's dialect is real. That really exists. There's no joke. Yeah. All right. So, so Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Looking at it. Nightwing and whatnot. So for my drink and my lovely, I, I just keep going back to the panel. Uh, you've got him introducing himself in his costume. And he goes, are you people ready? Say hello to Nightwing. And he's fabulous. So with that being said, though, as it comes in, is my drink is called a little dickle do. <laughs> <laughs> Oy I thought this was about Nightwing and not me. <laughs> so, just a little. So, um, and really, so what this drink has in it, it's um, George Dickel Tennessee whiskey, and you have about two ounces of that in the bottom of a glass, and then you just top it off with Mountain Dew. So, little Dickel Dew. That's right. It's awesome. So, okay. Yeah. Just love that outfit. Okay. <laughs> so, so speaking of cocktails and introductions, I'm gonna my my cocktail is just a, a kind of a generic mudslide, because um, that that's what um, one of the things that I like about the Teen Titans is that they all have nicknames for each other, um, and they're usually like really degrading nicknames. Um, yeah, like face. She's just oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> but, um, so, cyborgs for Terra is mudslide. So um, I thought I'd do a mudslide where you um, so you can do vodka. I suggest the dark rum because this little bitch is dark. Um, Kahlua, Bailey's. You blend that shit up. You uh, put some chocolate in your in your drink glass. Pour that on there and um, drink that up. It sounds delicious. But um, but yeah, I just. Mm, Tara's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay, since we're hitting a lot of the cocktails right now, and speaking of Tara being a bitch, uh, my cocktail is the earthquake, since Tara can move the uh, earth, and she shakes things up in the uh, in the world here. Uh, there are a couple different uh, recipes for an earthquake, and uh, this is the one I found most common. There's also another one that is actually um, uh, apparently French, has a really fancy name, which I might just steal for this one, uh, that is uh, associated with a fairly famous um, poet, and uh, maybe I'll get that information on there. But this one's pretty simple. It's a uh, three-quarter ounce of absinthe, uh, one ounce of gin, one ounce of bourbon. You shake that shit up, um, and uh, and then you, uh, uh, you you strain into a brandy glass, a brandy glass with ice, and uh, it looks delicious. Um, unfortunately, I'm not drinking one right now because, like we said before, I have to go to work. So 
We've now piled on all of the uh, con cocktails except for Adam's, like right into the middle of the show. Yeah, but, uh, actually, uh, I'll, I'll go with mine too. So I named mine the Terminator because Deathstroke actually I do like a lot, and I love how much Marvel and DC have fought with the whole Deathstroke, Deadpool thing. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, the Terminator because it will destroy your mind. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I, one of the, the few times I don't remember a night was after a couple of these. Um, but no, it's, uh, it's a shot, and it's a third Jaeger, a third Goldschlager, and a third 151. Oh, dear oh. Jesus. Oh. Uh, you shake it all up and uh, say goodbye. <laughs> no kidding. But oh, my God. It, it actually, the bad thing is, is like, it sounds like it'd be absolutely horrible like, to be like, drinking acetone, but it tastes kind of nice. Uh, but the problem was, and we won't go too far into the story, but I was making them for friends, and this is before I was decent at bartending, and I didn't know how to measure properly, so I would try to get two extra people to take a shot with me, so I could just do a shot of each, mix it, and strain it. Uh-huh. I can only find one person at a time, though, so I was doing two shots to their one. <laughs> oh. Um, I, I don't remember at much of that night. Oh, <laughs> I have a headache now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I woke up for you just thinking about that. I, I woke oh. up in the front yard like three the next afternoon, and I was so drunk. <laughs> so I have since then. So I can, dear listeners, beware. You, that's one of the few drinks that's broken me. Yeah. He, he he was so drunk he woke up with some girl. It was crazy. <laughs> Uh, cool. Uh, where were we? Are we to the curse or inevitable betrayal? I think we already got past that because we were at the. We're kind of back. Yeah, we I, kind I think of, we're uh, to when Deathstroke's ex-wife comes and explains him. Oh yeah, that's right. It's because mm -hmm. ex-wives really understand their ex-husbands as well as possible. Well, she, she's a badass. Like, I love her. Yeah, she is. Well, and I, I mean, there is some fun, cool, like, you know, back in Nom, and, you know, it's it almost has a Rambo kind of Shit, quality Carly, to it. you can't say Nom unless you were in Nom. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, so, Todd, since we've lost Q, maybe we'll wait for him to get back. Do you want to give your kind of uh, review of this? So, I was also, besides an episode two of the cartoon, New Teen Titans, not very familiar with it. Yeah, and I kept getting lost in the 80s glory and grandeur. So I'm going to have to thank Q again when I talk to him because the pastiche is, they're still, you know, shaking off the 70s. It was kind of awesome. Um, I did enjoy the story all in all. I had no idea. I mean, Q is surprised. We're not just all utterly familiar with the Judas contract, but I was not. It was, a, it was a good read. It's a fun read. It seems to be very much a story of its time, you know, with the cult a bit. And I just love the self-introductions. Okay. So, um, and people smoking. And people, yeah, still had people smoking. And, like, isn't that cool and sexy? And well, I'm and so grown up. The, the smoking is, immediately she's a bad girl. Because she's, like, she's smoking. Right. Like, oh, no, she's evil. She was good before. And now that she's smoking, she's obviously bad. Thank you, Nancy Reagan. <laughs> so and that's right. So, but it was good. It was fun. I enjoyed doing it. Thank you for this one. I like this one better than the next one. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I apologize for that. We'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> so that was not your fault. So, but yeah, it was it was good. It was fine. I'm not sure I'll read it again, but it was a um, good to read it in the first place. Put context in the thing, and seeing the debut of Nightwing in and of itself makes it noteworthy. I think. Well, and it is, it is a fabulous uh, debut. It really is. It's a, it's a little over the top. It's kind of amazing, actually. It's um, one of those things I want to, like, blow up and make it a poster just for my wall. It's like, let me yeah. introduce you to Nightwing! It almost has that feeling of, like, someone coming down the stairs in, like, a prom dress. Like, some girl being like, okay, are you ready for this? And she comes down in, like, an ugly prom dress, and you're like... Oh, honey, that's great. Um, yeah. So, Did they have nice makeup really for is. you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, you made it yourself. I couldn't tell. Oh, that's lovely. Yes. Yeah. You took the drapes down, didn't you, sweetheart? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Adam, you want to give your uh, sort of two cents on this? Yeah. Like I said before, I had no point of reference for this story. Um, I mean, it sounded interesting, so I was excited to read it, and uh, it, I am glad that I read it the way I did, and not in the trade so much, because 
I didn't know what was going to happen going in. I mean, obviously someone was going to mm-hmm. betray someone, and having no mm-hmm. knowledge of any of the characters except for Dick Grayson, I honestly didn't know who it was going to be. I mean, it's foreshadowed Terra, but um, yeah, it's it, it was it was fun. I mean, it was I loved seeing the backstory mm-hmm. of Deathstroke, where he came from. But uh, you know, we, we got to see Nightwing and all his danger uh, zone glory, and <laughs> it was danger zone. it was yeah. I would say the the second. Well, I, I like the middle parts better than beginning and end. I mean, just because you had the mm-hmm. how everyone got kidnapped, and then you had uh, the backstories, which I enjoyed. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm really glad I read it, and I don't know that I'll continue reading '80s Teen Titans unless we do another block of it. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I'm glad I checked it out. And if you haven't read this, it's it's a definitely a good read. Go ahead and give us your final thoughts and opinions on okay. the on so, contract. So I really, I really like this book. I think it's just like classic. Um, if the Dark Phoenix saga is really like the telltale of X Men, this is the Teen Titans Dark Phoenix saga. It's it, it really sort of uh, give, gives them a, a, a new jumping off point. I think it changes the way that the Teen Titans worked. Um, the previously um i think it it makes the the kids sidekicks grow up a little bit which is great um to sort of talk separately um george perez is just a phenomenal artist if people Mm. don't know who he is please go look up his stuff he is uh, like the seminal artist of so many um like so many um, comic books, Teen Titans, um, Justice League, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, he was the Avengers artist for a very long time. He just his attention to detail, his huge battles and, and cityscapes are just amazing. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about, even though she is not a huge part of the story, but Raven, um, if you're if you're a long t- time fan, you already know this, or if you just even know basics of a Raven. So she is Trigon, who is a demon's daughter. Like you do. Yeah, as one is comic books, but. When she was first introduced, she had a very young, soft look about her. And if you look at her in this book, you can see that she has um, a very pronounced widow's peak. Her cheekbones are much more um, high and defined. And that was an intentional look um, that George Perez did as they got closer towards sort of Raven's... um, uh, turning point in the the whole Trigon story, where she was becoming Trigon, and that the, those little subtle artistic things that happened, or the fact that Tara has buck teeth to make her more unattractive and or quote. I I just really like this book. I I think it also it, it tells the origin of Deathstroke. It changes Robin to Nightwing. It brings a. a you know, a spy slash traitor, depending on your point of view, um, into the, the Titans and um, really kind of shakes up the team. And um, I think everyone should read. Also, it introduces Jericho, who even the people re- seem to really like him, but he's such a, a, an interesting, different character. He, I think he's one of the first mute characters that, mm-hmm. that there's ever been. And it's the first time I can recall having a character try to speak sign language on panel, which has got to be fairly difficult to show movement of the hands when yeah. there's, there's not any, any movement. Um, but I, I also think this is, a good introduction to the Titans. I think in that first issue where they're all kind of training, you kind of get a, a good idea for who each of the people are. Um, and by the end of the book, I, I think you you care about um, all all of the different characters. But I mean, I'm also just a giant comic book nerd in general, so of course, you know, I already watched all of the cartoons and already knew who the Titans were and all of that kind of stuff. But that's just kind of my my two cents. Um, I'll give my two cents on this. I actually like this better than the uh, X-Men book we did last week. Um, both very 80s. Uh, this one I felt was a little less cheesy. Um, it, was a little in- it was interesting. It was kind of cool. I also had no frame of reference for it. Um, it was a fun little story, but not necessarily um, you know, mind-blowing or anything like that. But it was, uh, it was fun. Um, so, yeah. Not a bad way to, to spend an afternoon. Not necessarily something I would say, yes, you absolutely have to read this, um, unless you really want to know the history of Teen Titans and 
know some uh, some background story or some stuff that way. Uh, so uh, when we get into uh, recommendations, A, I want to apologize. Last week, Todd, you recommended via text message uh, to us uh, the Pro, mm-hmm. and so I did my best to explain it. I because it's written by the same guy who wrote the boys. I I, I because I own the copy of it. I assumed mm-hmm. it was part of the same storyline, and they have nothing to do with each other. Because I read it last night and I went, "Oh my god, I was so wrong." Similar, but very funny. But yeah, I read the pro last night, um, mm-hmm. and it is dark and very funny. Uh, so to give a proper, actual recommendation for it, I will say what it actually is about is it's about um, sort of a. It's very much a parody of superhero books there's a character very mm-hmm. similar to the watcher which they jokingly refer to as the voyeur who gives a <laughs> prostitute uh superpowers um and then she ends up sort of becoming part of the justice league but instead of superman it's the saint even though he still has a big s on his chest and there's a dark knight type character and there's a robin type character and there's a woman woman type character and there's a green lantern character who is a black guy who is very cliche and says uh, all this other stuff so basically um she tries to fight crime. Eventually, she gives uh, the Superman character a blowjob. When he blows a load, he uh, shoots down a plane. Um, she helps him save the plane. Uh, it, 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 it's it's terribly horrible and makes fun of uh, superheroes in a Kevin Smith kind of way, so it is kind of fun. Um, that being said, um, I am still in the process and on the hunt to try to read down as much of my to-be-read pile as possible since my wife gets back in a few days. I am down to under 15, ladies and gentlemen. I started out with 32 trades in my pile of to-be-read books. I am now down down to under 15. I also bought a few books, which I told myself I wasn't going to. So, if it was only the original pile, I'd be even lower than that. That's totally a different issue. So, um, but one of the books I want to recommend, it's uh, actually a book that uh, our friend um, Jeremiah had recommended to us. Uh, it's a book called The Nightly News. Um, it's Jonathan Hickman, who I sometimes have issues reading because I sometimes feel like he's like that really smart kid in school who is a little bit smarter than everybody else, but wants to make sure everyone fucking knows it. Um, sometimes I read his books, I'm like, okay, I get it. So like, he'll use like these really big concepts, but in really dumb ways, and it kind of annoys me. This book actually does not do that at all. Um, it is a... Well, speaking of cults, it's sort of essentially about a, like a group of people... Um, who have all been somehow wronged by the um, the the press, and in doing so, they um, since they've been wronged by the press, they uh, they get this group together and they end up basically killing off uh, the press. Uh, so they'll like blow up a bomb somewhere when the news people show up to cover it. They start picking them off, kind of thing. Uh, the interesting thing about this book is that it uses a lot of actual factual data from the current world. So sometimes you'll get these infographics. Uh, at the beginning, there's a lot of information like that, and I kind of was like, I was a little concerned about it because if the whole book was like that, it would mm-hmm. be exhausting to read. It's only like that for about the first five or six pages, and then it really starts to pick up. And uh, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, really fun, so I'm going to call that my recommendation for this week. Uh, Adam, do you have a recommendation for this week? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> yeah, it's the uh, the Darth Vader comic series by Marvel. Uh, it's oh, yeah. wrapping up in, I think, a week or two, because they just released issue 24. It's going 25 issues, and it's really cool. It takes place between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, where at the beginning, the Emperor's pissed because the Death Star blew up, and it was on Vader's watch, and he's kind of he's on the shit list. And it shows how he gets over that and becomes this cold-hearted bastard in the mm-hmm. in, in Empire. Um, and issue 24 has some great flashbacks and some really great lines, uh, and it's probably the one of the best issues of the whole entire run. So, uh, pick that up. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I also just read the uh, crossover with the Star Wars comic the other day, the Vader Down, um, which was also very cool as well. Because there's like a basically, if you're collecting them in trades, there's two Star Wars trades, two Vader trades, then there's a crossover, and then it goes back to those other ones. Yeah, uh, so, but it, it has been a great book. I've liked it a lot. Highly recommended. And again, it's only 25 issues, so if you need to catch up, again, a couple trades, and then you can pick up the last one, because it's it's worth getting. Cool. Uh, Todd, do you have any recommendations? So, I watched a South Park movie, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, this past week. <laughs> Dirty. It is still so funny, and it's so great. So, if you've never seen it, you should. And bring your kids. It's great. Parenting <laughs> <laughs> advice from Todd. There you go. Oh, God, we could do, we could do a whole podcast on that movie. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm always terrible about recommendations. Um, I did go see Suicide Squad. 
Mm-hmm. I would. My recommendation is to wait. Not see it. <laughs> is, to, is to wait for it to come out on a DVD. Much like Batman Super versus Superman, I think that you people might enjoy it better when they don't have to pay do thirty two dollars to go see it. What do you mean, you people? Huh? I mean, you people. <laughs> I, 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 I said, you know. I think people might enjoy it more because, like, I thought it was fine, but I probably would have liked it more if I could have like paused and gone to the bathroom or played with my phone or you know all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, I I think that the DC movie universe is kind of shooting its wad so soon. Like, not intro. I, I think the whole point of Suicide Squad was the fact that it was characters that you already knew being put together versus like for most people these characters are not known to them i mean i think now people know who harley quinn is and i think some people might tangently know who killer croc is from the um animated series as well but other than that some of these are like a a deep reach into uh dc comics um yeah, like, like Katana. I mean, she's in the new cartoon that's more geared towards girls, and she, um, like, I guess was in it was it Smallville or Arrow recently? I, I'm, I guess Arrow because Smallville's not a TV show anymore. Um, but, but yeah, like, just a lot of those characters people wouldn't know, and I think that if they had been introduced even just tangently into um, other movies and then brought into something like this, I think it might have been more successful. I mean, like, Enchantress is such a far reach um, that, I, I, to me, it was a little like, oh, re- really? They're, they're, they're going with her? Oh, okay. That sounds cool. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, yay for, you know, D-list characters. Slipknot? Like, who the fuck? What are you, like, okay. I guess that's cool. But, I mean, I, I th- things exploded. Comic book references were made. It was, you know, fun. Was it worth the $32 I spent? No. Well, fantastic. Um, as promised, I will give you the actual information I'm supposed to give you at the top of the show. I uh, hope you enjoyed what you heard. Um, next week we're going to be doing uh, Dark Empire, which by next week we're trying to catch up and because uh, we've burned all of our uh, our extra episodes. So I'm we're really sorry. That, right? that was my recommendation. <laughs> okay. So, I didn't think it was that bad. Adam has some issues with it. It's kind of fun. I'll give you the quick two-cent tour. Uh, it takes place after uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, it, this is one of the runs that was done by Dark Horse. Um, but basically, Luke is uh, has to turn to the dark side in order to try and, uh, you know, you're not quite sure if he's trying to help the Rebellion or uh, if he's really truly turned to the dark side. In order um, to advance plot. <laughs> yeah, in order to advance the plot, yes. Uh, for wackiness to ensue, that's what ends up happening. Um, so we'll be talking about that next week. Um, it depends if you want to listen to Adam or not. You may or may not want to buy it. You may want to just listen to us rant about it. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed what you heard. Uh, and, uh, you know, follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Uh, also, uh, like us on whatever device you download this from. And so, cool. Thank you very much. Uh, have a great week. Uh, support your local comic shop. Uh, support, uh, tip your local bartender. Uh, uh, stay hydrated. Um, don't let Q uh, use the internet. So, uh, thanks. Talk to you later.